0: Get ready for the Magic Valley Prep Cast on IdahoSports.com.
1: That's right. Welcome in another edition of the Magic Valley Prep Cast on IdahoSports.com. Your one-stop shop for District Four athletics week in, week out. Brandon Banny joined today by
0: the Dark Passenger.
1: <laughs> You're so brooding
0: and 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 moody. <sighs> well, yeah, you know what? And the funny thing is, Brandon, that the Dark Passenger was. Before we came on, I'm trying to think. All right, what's what's going to be my nickname this time? Kind of what's the vibe? What's happening? Well, right before you texted me and said, "Hey, we're we're getting ready to go," um, I have a, a second grader, and I got a, a text from um, her mother, my ex-wife, and um, it was one of her assignments, and about writing some sentences, and and Paisley, my daughter, was apparently not in a very good mood uh, when she wrote these. And so I'm sitting here reading these 10 sentences because she had to use a word. And they were, I mean, I would not show this to any psychologist um, in the Valley or I'm going to be in front of a grand jury, I think. Uh, I mean, it, it's, I, I, I will show, I'm going to text it to you when we're done here. I can't even, nothing vulgar anything bad nothing like that but it definitely has a dark passenger quality to it and i'm sitting there reading this and i'm like i i can't believe what i'm reading right now you know um and that's about all i can say and so there's the dark passenger for you because when uh when she was born her mother and i were always like Yeah, she's she's a brilliant kid sweetheart whatever but when she gets mad, she's got a little dark passenger in her. And uh, and right before we came on, I got this assignment and I'm like, holy crap, that is the dark passenger. So I'll share that with you when we're done, but holy cow, there's the name.
1: Okay, can't wait for that. <laughs> uh, yeah, when you were talking about that, the only thing I could think of were those like uh, really cheesy, you know, don't do drugs commercials from the nineties. And I'm not saying that obviously your kid's not on drugs, but the, it, it made me think about this. Um, there was the commercial where the like dad confronts the kid and like what what are you doing with this with this marijuana? How, where did you even learn about this? And he's like, I learned it from you, from dad. you dad. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. exactly. <laughs> I learned from you, Dad. No, I remember those. That's yeah. exactly right. So yeah, maybe I need to examine where she's getting this dark passenger from because she's obviously getting it from either me or her mother. And uh, and I am just the most jovial, fun, upbeat guy you will ever meet. And so it's obviously not me, Brandon.
1: <laughs> clearly, clearly. <laughs> Other other people that are jovial and uh feeling good this week include the Rap River girls basketball team and the Declo boys basketball team. And that's what we're gonna be talking about on today's episode of the Magic Valley Prep Cast. Let's let's get right into it. Let's start with Rap River's girls.
0: Um I wondered how you were gonna segue out of that, but again, I did not present a formidable challenge to you. I'll work on that.
1: Yeah, I mean you did. You gave it a good effort, but uh <laughs> you know, I'm the goat. So Oh, I I feel like we just are taking turns every week, Scott, profiling a different team from this one AD one snake river conference, because mm-hmm. the standings are still like incredible Oakley six and O in league uh-huh. 13 and four overall raft river five and one and 14 and two carry five and one 13 and two Murtaugh four and two, 12 and five lighthouse Christian three and two, nine and five. Shoshone is two and four in league, but they're 12 and five overall. So I mean that top six, just continues to amaze. We're going to hone in on Wrapped River this week because they had by far, I thought, the the breakthrough win last week against Murtaugh in a game that goes to overtime. Wrapped River wins 63-61. to 61. Libby Bowden, the hero in overtime, she makes a three from the right wing with about 17 seconds to go. Murtaugh gets a shot at the other end. Um, you know, I went back and looked at it it could have gone either way. Murtaugh fans wanted the foul call and a chance to go to the free throw line to shoot. Didn't get it. And that's the way it goes sometimes, but raft river escapes with this two point win and they remain in striking distance of first place. Oakley.
0: Yeah. That was a huge win because I mean, that just puts them a game back of Oakley uh, and they avoided that second conference loss. And, and their only conference loss was to Oakley uh, earlier in the season, you know? And so those guys are going to tangle again. I'm sure. Uh, down the stretch because they have split on the regular season uh, Raft river winning early. And then the second time around, it was Oakley getting the better of them, but you know, you can't help but think there might be a third match in there come the district tournament, but uh, that, but that was huge because they stayed one game back and uh, anything can happen. And, you know, and this particular team at Raft rivers, you know, they're just a, a very unselfish group that, uh, that has a a ton of fun. I mean, they generally have a different high score every night, um, but uh, they, they play really solid defense. And, and that's one thing that uh, this team is doing really well.
1: Yeah. This is a team that I got to see at state last year, Scott, and they bring, I mean, they brought back almost everybody uh, from the team. In fact, I think they did. I don't think they had a single senior on last year's team. Now that I'm remembering that correctly. So all of these players that went to state last year, and, and got that experience are all back for uh, a good coach in Bart Dieters. But you're right. It all starts with the defense um, because Raft River trailed uh, a lot of times against Murtaugh and then they dug deep on defense, got a couple of stops when they needed to, and that allowed them to climb back in, but they came away with numerous steals in the fourth quarter and overtime um, to thwart Murta offensive possessions.
0: Yeah. You know, and that's, and we talk about that sometimes too. It's like, you know you're going to have, off nights on the offensive side of the ball but defensively you got to bring it every game and every night and and that's a tough sell sometime as a coach you know because we are we're raised in this this culture where you know got to get my you know I, i'm going to be the star I'm, you know the, the the grinding and the hard work and the defense that doesn't show up in a box score and it's always a tough sell uh as a coach and if you can get a team that drinks that kool-aid you're gonna you're gonna win a heck of a lot more games than you're gonna lose. And uh, over at Raft River, um, they're they're drinking that defensive Kool-Aid right now, which is why they're doing so well.
1: And and meanwhile, for Murtaugh, you know they're contemplating, you know, what if if we had been able to close out the game? There was three minutes to go in overtime, and um, Murta uh, pushed the lead out to four, sixty to fifty-six uh, on a pair of layups from Ashley Stanger. And then uh, and then Giselle Gill came up to the line and, and made two free throws. And so Murta had this this two point lead with like two minutes to go. But from there, uh, Raft River down four just kind of slowly chips away. Logan Jones makes a free throw. So it's 60 to 57. Raft Rivers within three. And then 47 seconds to go. Jesse Knudsen's at the line for Raft River. She makes one of two free throws. So it's a two point game. Um, 60 to 58. Murta gets it back. They're going to the foul line. Briley Widmere is at the line. She's got a chance to make two free throws, push that lead back out to three, can only make one. So it's a, th- a three-point game, 61-58 with 37 seconds to go. And if she had made both, it would have been back to a four-point lead. Um, Caroline Schumann posts up on the block for Rath River with like 20 seconds to go, well, 30 seconds to go. She scores. So it's 61-60. to 60. You know, Rath River's back to within one. But Murtaugh still has the ball. They've got great free-throw shooters but they turn it over on a traveling violation with like 17 seconds to play. So Murtaugh turns it over Raft river, gets it back down one. And that's when Bowden sinks that three pointer to put Rapt river up two. And then even still Murtaugh had another chance <laughs> with, with the shot in the lane. Um, it basically as time expired. Couldn't get it to go. So Murtaugh had a four point lead with, with three minutes to go in overtime, made one mm-hmm. of two free throws, Turned the ball over on a traveling call missed a, a, a bunny in the lane. So, I mean, Murtaugh had plenty of opportunities to win this game, and so I know Coach Todd Jensen and his girls uh, got to be feeling like, man, we left a lot out there. Uh, we would love a rematch with Rap River at some point.
0: Oh, yeah, you know, and and again, week in and week out, we talk about just the, the grind of this conference. Uh, but, yeah, this particular game was, I mean, according – to their coach was like one of the most exciting games they've been in for quite some time. I mean, from the fans to the energy. And, uh, and then when kind of Libby knocks that shot down, what was so surprising to coach Dieters was that how calm she was just like, you said she was just like a pro, you know, very calm, calm. All right. Time to win it, you know, and then just drains it. And, And it's cool to see because, you know, sometimes we forget as fans that these kids are, you know, 15, 16, 17 years old, and they are playing in front of a bunch of adults who are acting like children and screaming and yelling. And, and I mean, I'm not saying they're bad behaviors. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm saying it's just like, it's just the pressure. And for these kids to, to make plays after play and, and Libby to hit a game winner and stuff. I mean, sometimes you got to step back from the situation and go, man, that's pretty cool. Kept it all together. You're a 16-year-old kid. And you were ice water in the veins, you know, yeah. with everybody screaming at you. Kinda of, <laughs> kinda of cool. I I don't know. I like that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, no, and and I think getting to state last year, um, and 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 getting to the semifinals, Rap River, uh <laughs> Rap River had the uh the luxury of playing Lapway in the semis last year and of course Lapway ran through everybody, but Um, That experience, I think, helped them in this moment. Uh, Both sides had four players reach double figures in scoring in that game. Uh, For Raff River, uh, Logan Jones had 19 points. Reagan Jones had 13. Caroline Schumann had 12. And then Bowden, the hero, uh, she had 10, including the game-winning three. Murtaugh had four players in double figures. Addie Stanger with 17. Briley Widmere with 15. Courtney Jensen with 12. And Ashley Stanger with ten, and that's what makes all of these teams. You know, even Oakley, that's what makes them so good. There's not one player that you can hone in on and say, "Okay, if we stop," you know, like with Kerry's boys, if we stop Carson Perks, we've got a chance because you know he scores thirty points every night. You can't do that with these girls' teams. They've got so many different ways they can beat you.
0: Yeah, and and coaching girls is a, a whole lot different than coaching boys. You know, for starters, and I mean, I've coached been varsity coach for both of those uh, guys and girls. And, and it's, it's different. It's a, it's a lot different. And this particular team at, at Raft River, you're absolutely right. I mean, when you play defense and you don't know who your high scorer is going to be, you are going, you're going to win some ball games. And, uh, and, and these girls are, you know, according to their coaches they, I mean, they're, it's that small town. Thing again. I mean, they're they're active in just about everything. We, I mean, on this team, you've got cheerleaders, dancers, singers. They're multiple sport athletes. They're showing livestock. They're active in the community. I mean, these are the kids uh, that are driving that community. And 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 I, I'm a huge fan. And as anybody that's watched our podcast know, of all of these small towns, I just love them. I mean, they are Americana at its best. And Raft Rivers, right there with it. Yeah.
1: So last year, Raft River and Oakley ended up playing four times, Scott. I don't know if we're going to get to that this year, but um, last year it was wild. Uh, Oakley won the first matchup by two, or excuse me, Raft River won the first matchup by two. Then Oakley won the second matchup by two. That set the stage for the district championship, which Raft River won by four, 30 to 26. And then because of max preps, they got slotted up against each other in the first round at state in the four versus five seed and Raptor River won that game as well. Um, and yeah. then of course got to the semis. So, um, you know,
0: could we see Raptor River and Oakley play four times? I mean, it's not impossible. No, absolutely uh, not impossible. Especially when you know that those two are the, you know, right now the top two teams. And uh, you know, unfortunately this conference isn't going to take six awesome teams to state. So it is so important to stay uh, in that, top two range. So, you know, you kind of have, I mean, I don't want to say an easier path through the district tournament because I don't know if there is one in this conference, you know, but, but, but home games or, or actually, you know what, this, uh, this conference tournament is going to be played. um, A lot of it right here in Jerome Uh, we're hosting them again. And (laughs) so I'm going to see all of these teams play and uh, might even be on the mic for it, doing the PA for uh, most of these games. So yeah, I'm looking forward to this. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm insanely jealous of that. As we're recording this, it is Thursday, January 19th. Tonight, Scott, Raft River is at Kerry The winner of that game is alone in second place in the conference standings. That is a big one tonight. And then um, Kerry plays Murtaugh in Murtaugh to conclude the regular season. So Kerry's kind of the one team still that kind of controls its own destiny more or less everybody's lost to oakley at this point um but carry has the the inside track at finishing in second place by winning out essentially
0: yeah they do i mean there's only a a handful of games left um and every single one of them is going to make a huge difference and uh uh, i'm just really anxious to see this district tournament firsthand
1: (laughs) Yeah, so we'll we'll keep an eye on these final few matchups yeah, of the regular season and see how everybody gets uh, seated out there. But our our weekly stop uh, at the Snake River Conference once again did yeah. not disappoint. Yeah,
0: did. No, it did not. And before we move to our next topic, hey, quick shout out to our uh, Jerome Lady Tigers who knocked off Minico last night. Um, yes, in a thriller, fifty-one uh, fifty, handing uh, the Spartans their first conference loss, um, and that's a pretty dang good good minico basketball team too so i uh, just want to give a shout out to our girls
1: yeah so so a little little behind the scene, a little inside baseball here on how we do the podcast usually every sunday or monday i'll text scott like hey here's a couple of topics we can talk about that gives you enough time to to strong arm people into giving you information and then uh, you, know, <laughs> you do a great job of doing research um and then we come together on on wednesdays usually sometimes thursdays to record um mm-hmm. already i can tell you we're going to talk about that jerome game next week on the podcast more in detail. And then there was a really good boys game last night between Valley and lighthouse yeah. Christian uh, lighthouse one by three at Valley. Um, we'll, we'll talk about that more in depth on next week's episode as well. So that's already two. You can put away in the hopper. So, um. Let's hop on over to boys basketball and the two A Canyon Conference. Where all year, Scott, we've been talking about Wendell, right? Wendell is the team. Wendell is the one that's going out and excelling in in non conference. And when you look at the standings, it is still Wendell with the better overall record, right? The Trojans are eight and three. Deklo is seven and six. And yet, when they played for the first time last week, it was the Hornets that came through with the victory. By a final score of 52, or excuse me, 53 to 45.
0: Yeah. And, you know, you go from this conference we just got done talking about that's got 10 teams in it to this now a three team conference, it used to be two, you know, right. but with the addition of this uh, community school joining them, uh, this is a three team conference. But really, I mean, there's no bigger, like, you say Declo, you include Wendell in the sentence. You say Wendell, you include Declo in the sentence. I mean, these, these two schools just play each other in everything because they are the two people in the conference. And it's just, it's, it's a bizarre conference. So, you know, whenever they get together um, it's, it's going to be a battle and and you're right. Even though Deklo has got the worst record um, they got a huge win um, over Wendell the other night.
1: Yeah. uh, Wendell uh, started the year, undefeated they mm-hmm. were they were off to a it ain't no start and since the new year scott wendell is only one and three they they've lost three in a row to american falls Declo, and then filer now those are two three a schools and then the, the game against deck right. And I, I i still think wendell is fine right they're they're gonna be the thing is though this is a, a league that only gets one bid to state so uh we saw this last year with when valley was in the conference where the third place team in the regular season was the team that actually won the district and got to go to state. So yeah. I think no matter what happens here, Wendell is okay. But for Deklo and head coach Jacoby Fox, what an exciting win. And one that you can really, you know, put into the ground as a stake of building your program.
0: Oh, no question about it. I mean, uh Jacoby Fox is, you know, he's a declo boy, right? Um, but he's he's been around the game of basketball. So I mean he's back home. And uh, doing a great job with these boys. I mean, you know, we talked about how Rap Rivers girls are are just tough and defensive. And what this is the same Declo team as well. I mean, you could say the same thing. These guys are uh, just tr- terrific energy. They rebound well. They play good defense. And again, you do those two things, you're going to be in a lot of games. I mean, granted, they do have inconsistency in scoring and they don't shoot the ball very well. But, you know, I'm telling you if sell them on defense, you're going to be in the ball game and that's kind of why Declo is is hanging around, you know and uh, there's a few more battles with Wendell in store this season.
1: Yeah, um, Wendell, we know they've got you know a really slick uh, set of ball handlers um, with Diego Torres who was a great had a great soccer season this year for Wendell. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carson Lemoyne at six five down low is a a tremendous presence underneath. Um, you look at Bodie Cutler, who's another great guard in the backcourt. Those are kind of the main guys for uh, Wendell. And I'll admit, I wasn't really sure, you know, who Deklo was going to lean on this year. But who who are some of the players that have really emerged at the forefront for Deklo this year?
0: Well, I mean, right now, a couple of standouts. They're getting some really good minutes from a, a sophomore post named Emmett uh, Emmett Gibby. You know, um, he's getting close to averaging a double double every game. I mean, definitely gets the double in the rebounds, but he's getting closer to. To that double double average, which is uh, incredible, um, they're getting some no, another good uh, performance or minutes out of uh, Maxton uh, Snedeker, their point junior point guard. You know, so he's dishing the rock off pretty well, and he's getting everybody involved in the ball game. Um, and he's taking charges, he's dishing out charges, you know. But uh, he he's really providing some good minutes. Uh, and then you know they have a senior guard. Uh, Bryson Allen, who's shooting you know 90% from the free throw line and can really create and make shots for himself and and if that can develop a little bit more, that might provide a little bit of that scoring inconsistency that uh, you know Declan needs coming down the stretch. But you know, talking to Jacoby this week, um, we, we always are looking for funny personality quirks, things that you know kind of set these, these players apart, you know, because as as just a casual fan, we see Declo boys basketball and we associate, you know, names and numbers and that's it. And we just kind of forget sometimes that, you know, these are, uh, people that have their own weird personalities. And, and so I think, uh, Jacoby had a lot of fun telling me some of the stuff about his players. And I want to share some of it with you because I think it's pretty funny. You know, let's take, um, uh, well, number two, Jack Taylor. Um, I don't know if anybody knew outside of Deklo that this kid is an accomplished pianist. He's uh, plays the piano very, very well. Um, you've got uh, Emmett Gibby, Emmett Gibby, who we just talked about. Uh, he's a conductor at his church and leads uh, the congregation during hymns. You know, and 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 you want to talk about. And I found this part about Emmett pretty pretty fascinating too, because you know we talk about these small towns and how tough these kids are because they're just not you don't make them like that in in the bigger cities you just they just don't there's something about small town toughness well when Emmett was um seven he had stitches put in his leg by his dad who is not a medical professional uh without any pain meds or numbing agents and there was no crying and I'm like holy cow (laughs) That's incredible. Um, you got um, – and, and some other interesting things and that people don't know is like Jacob Rasmussen was in a near-fatal car accident before his junior year of high school, and, um, and he battled his way back with, you know, rods and pins holding, you know, himself together, you know, and broken back, broken pelvis, broken everything, really. And um, he was able to uh, play football this season. And uh, for this basketball team, he's going to be the first guy to dive on the floor, take a charge or sacrifice anything for the team. Right. And so those kind of little tidbits provide some reality to these players, uh, which I just absolutely love to read about. Uh, And then you get a guy like uh, Deegan Edgar, who likes to eat cold pizza over the top of hot pizza and (laughs) and uh, and claims to be one of the best boat tubers in southern Idaho. So, just ask him, he'll tell you. Right. Um, you got uh, Will uh, Gerard, who refuses to eat any kind of frosting. So, he has put his foot down on frosting, none. So, I'm sure birthdays were a treat at his house, right? No, cakes were different. Um, and then Baxter Lee uh, likes to spend his time, you know, doing stuff like wakeboarding, riding dirt bikes, but He also loves to build gingerbread houses, (laughs) right? Uh, Gavin Rasmussen, a highly skilled painter. Okay. And then, um, and then Maxton uh, Snedeker has been identified as an above average pumpkin carver. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, I'm not making this up. (laughs) (laughs) This is awesome. I love this. And so, you know, if any other coaches are out there watching and, and I contact you for, you know, some information or want to chat or whatever the case is, this is the stuff I love. You know, it's just so much fun.
1: I, it sounds like Jacoby went to every guy on the team and was like, Hey, <laughs> what's what's something people don't know about? And you maybe got a couple of like, Yeah, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an all right pumpkin carver, I guess.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure there's a, a few yeah. liberties taken in there. Right. Um, but, but at the same time, I mean, they're, I would say maybe most of them if not all are based on fact or truth or something whatever yeah. but uh, but that's a ton of fun. <laughs> that was that's... that was a lot of fun.
1: And you know I will say right now I stand with Will Gerard. I don't like birthday cake either. I do pie. If it, <laughs> if it's my birthday, like let's have a pie and everybody get a slice and so I'm I'm with you Will. All right? I got your back. Well...
0: Yeah, I, I, I'm not a big frosting guy either. I can, I can deal with that, but it's, it's not so adamant that I put my foot down and, and say no to frosting, but I do find interesting the cold pizza over the top of hot pizza. I mean, I I'm really, I'm going to try that and I'm going to let you know how that turns out. And then I think uh, Deegan Edgar and I are to have a little chat about cold pizza over hot pizza.
1: Well, yeah, I've got a question for Deegan. Is it, do you put, do you put it topping side? So they're like, like it's a sandwich where it's crust on either side or is it? I would think so.
0: I would think that'd be the only way you could do it. It, It's like, it's like a it's like a pizza sandwich, but I mean, I, people do that when they eat real, you know, hot pizza, but the cold versus the hot, that's what I'm really curious about, Hmm. you know? So, and that's going to be an easy fix now, as far as like Emmett, I'm not going to go put stitches in my leg or have, you know, (laughs) somebody do that to me, but you know, uh, so, so awesome.
1: That's, that's great. Yeah. You know, any future coaches that uh, we may reach out to, um, this, this is what helps, uh, everybody get to know these kids, not just that, oh yeah, he goes out and shoots, you know, 50% from the floor and scores 20 points a night, but like, you know, gets, gets to know them on a personal level. You know, we find yeah. out who the real psychopaths are.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a good segue because of my daughter's assignment that I'm going to show you later. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we find out a lot about the intricacies of their personalities and uh, really cool.
1: For sure. Well, <laughs> well, we'll we'll be keeping an eye on the deck low boys basketball team. Certainly, you know, when you look at their overall record and we talked about, yeah, they're seven and six, but they've had a lot of close losses. You know, Nampa Christian is a team that's only lost three times this year, a fellow 2A program. Uh, they've lost to them twice by nine or excuse me, by seven and by five points. So two really close games there. Uh, They Mm -hmm. lost to Firth in overtime by two, and Firth is leading their conference um, over in the East. Um, They lost to Aberdeen by only seven, and Aberdeen's another. So, I mean, there's some close losses in there that have have made this team stronger, obviously. And, of course, the rematch comes in Wendell Friday, February 3rd. Get your Mm -hmm. popcorn ready. That'll be must-see basketball
0: Yeah, no, that'll be fun. And, you know, and these these close losses that you're talking about, I mean, you're going to get so much out of that as a team versus winning, you know, 20 games on a season. Because when it gets, you know, to the tough moments in a game and you've got to dig deep, you're going to pull a lot from these close losses. You know, you're going to figure out what do we need to do differently. But the feeling of being there is going to resurface and, and it's not going to be unfamiliar to you. You know, so I mean, having close games, win or lose, man, you take so much out of it. You know, and I used to, I mean, as a coach forever, yeah, I had I had teams that just blew people out. And then if somebody challenged us, you could just see them all pucker up because they have not been there before. You know, and then I'd been on the flip side where we had an average team um, that knew how to battle and grind and just were found themselves in these tight games and the last seconds where everything mattered, it wasn't unfamiliar to them. And so they were able to win some games they shouldn't have you know, because of it. So I think Declos is going to be just fine.
1: Yeah. It's going to be uh, really fun to watch them as the season progresses. Uh, let's wrap up with a bit of out of season news. Scott, the yeah. man, we, we talked about this before the start of the football season back in the fall, just how many coaching changes there had been statewide. And it's, it's continuing, especially like in the Boise area, those five, a schools, man, they can't hold on to anybody. Uh, Jason Burton, who had been the head coach at Bora previously, then came over to Kerry uh, with his wife. His wife, Kayla, was the principal at Kerry High School. So he he resigned his head coaching position at Bora to make a move with his wife. He sacrificed that so she could take an admin job. And he had been helping coach at Wood River the past two years. Well, he now is now Hawaii's head football coach. So he's going back to Boise. So Kerry Carrie, Carrie and uh, Wood River, those communities are losing two great individuals. And and Kayla and Jason Burton. Um, so, but but the coaching carousel, man, it never stops in football, and that includes even at your school, Jerome High.
0: Yeah, yeah, we uh, found out in December of this year that you know our kind of longtime football coach Sid Gamble's was was going to step down and retire, and you know he's been fantastic for us, um, well respected, well liked and uh, just a a really good guy to have on your staff in your building. Uh, He does teach here. So, I mean, that's obviously a a bonus because head coaches sometimes are 50-50, whether they're teachers are in the building. I mean, but Sid's one of those guys and it was just time for him and his family. And so all of a sudden we were left with a a coaching vacancy. And so word gets out and we had, you know, some really good applicants apply, which speaks to the community. And we ended up making a hire a couple of days ago. And we hired um, Jerome, 1992 Jerome graduate, and former Kimberly football coach, Rich Bishop. And so Rich Bishop's going to be taking over the reins here at Jerome High School uh, in football. And we are excited to have him back home. Um, once a tiger, always a tiger.
1: Yeah, he, he did a phenomenal job uh, with Kimberly, certainly. And so uh, I'm excited to see, you know, Jerome has been very young the last couple of years, right? A lot of mm-hmm. sophomores in the lineup and not much yeah. depth where, you know, if you get hurt, it's, it's like a house of cards. It goes down pretty quick.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, and so, you know, what we're doing here is we are going to um, take pretty much what a blank slate. We're going to just kind of blank slate it all. And then um, Rich is going to build it. And and I'm going to help him build it to where we get back to Jerome football that used to be when, when I played and when Rich played, um, I graduated in 88, he graduated in 92, you know, and we were both on solid, solid teams. Fortunate, I was fortunate enough to be part of two state championship teams when I was in high school. And when you talk Jerome football back in the day, there was none better you know, but uh, times change, communities change, everything changes. And, and I think that's uh, the right guy to have because he knows what it was like back then. You know, and the other cool thing about it is, you know, I'm looking at my coaches that I have and Rich is now a head football coach, Jerome Grad, you know, our boys track coach, Jerome Grad, girls track coach, Jerome Grad, baseball coach, Jerome grad that all went on and did great things and then came back home and wanted to be part of a community that helped raise them. And so I think that speaks volumes to, you know, the Jerome community that we have, because, you know, we do have that mantra, one team, one town, one family. And, and, and if you spend enough time here, that's so true. And it is reflected in our coaches that want to come back and be part of this, you know? And so, I mean, I talked four head coaches that are Jerome grads, and then I've got about a dozen assistants that are showing up. Uh, a lot of them volunteers, you know, to, to just want to be part of something and wants Jerome to succeed. So we are excited and I think uh, Rich Bishop's going to do a great job for us. Yeah.
1: That'll be cool. It, it, I've seen on Facebook and I'm not sure who does it, but somebody you know posts like old highlights. Um from Jerome, like from the like early nineties and stuff. Have you seen Uh, this, Scott? Oh, yeah. It's pretty pretty cool watching that old footage and stuff. And um you you could tell it was the nineties, everybody looked a little bigger. The shoulder pads were a little bigger.
0: Yep. Yep. Wasn't quite it's funny because um the, the guy that's doing that uh is um last name is Williams and Jerome guy um through and through. And you know, there's names in certain towns that you hear, and you say you associate it with the town. Uh, Williams and Jerome go hand in hand and uh, he's got all this archive footage. In fact, I've got two boxes in my other closet here of all of my high school games. I've got to get to them, but they're on eight millimeter, you know? Right. So, I mean, you talk in old school and so, but he's able to dig out all these archives and, and just highlight players and plays and games and whatnot. And it's, it's a lot of fun to watch, but yeah, he does a good job.
1: It's cool to see because not a, not every school has that footage still. So that's yeah, cool yeah. deal for sure. So, all right, well that'll do it for this edition of the Magic Valley Prepcast. Scott, I'm eagerly awaiting your text. So I, I sent it to you just a little oh, bit ago. Okay, all right, you got it. <laughs> I'm a pro. I try not to look at my phone when I'm recording. So
0: uh, oh, this, I'm just a great multitasker. So I'm you know. Yeah. I already sent it to you about five minutes ago.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, I can't wait. So we're going to sign off. Uh, everybody, enjoy the competitions uh, this weekend. We'll see you back here next time for another edition of the Magic Valley Prep Cast on IdahoSports.com.